Today's episode of Lighting Up the Marquee is sponsored by Dark Sales Productions. In today's world, video is the best way to share your story. Whether you're looking to market your business or brand on social media, or even share amazing memories like your wedding and other events, Dark Sales Productions is committed to creating the best content and capturing your most precious memories for you. Based in the Chicagoland area, Dark Sales Productions has worked with clients in the past to help market both local businesses and larger brands, capture newlyweds' perfect day, produce short films, and even work with individuals looking to have professional photos and headshots taken. No matter the business occasion or individual, Dark Sales Productions is ready to work with you. All you have to do is visit the website darksalesproductions.com to learn more about them, and you can also contact them to get started on your next project. That's D-A-R-K-S-A-I-L-S-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N-S.com. And if you go over there and mention that you listen to this ad on Lighting Up the Marquee, they'll hook you up with some special offers. Once again, that's darksalesproductions.com. All you got to do is mention that you listen to this ad on Lighting Up the Marquee, and some special offers will be there waiting for you. Now, let's get started with today's episode. Everyone fights, no one quits. We are going in with first wave. You smash the entire area. You kill anything that has more than two legs. You get me? We get you, sir. But they will face an enemy more devastating than any ever imagined. takes you to the front lines of the next frontier. Kill them all! Starship Troopers. All right, and we should be all good. We're just going to jump right into the show. Welcome back, everybody. As you can hear, that's not Haley. No, no, but Haley is on the thumbnail. (laughs) Haley's the thumbnail yeah we had a like I said on uh, the last episode Haley was supposed to be the guest but scheduling conflicts arose so she will be on in June unless something else happens 
and then you know yeah then i said i'll come and, and then nick will fill come in and you know i'll do the best Haley voice i can but i can't promise anything <laughs> <laughs> but we got nick as our yeah. last minute guest replacement good to be here man i apologize if i sound a little like sleepy i don't know what happened today it's a beautiful day by it my is. house it looks like it's nice by you too yeah but like super nice it just t- today i just feel so drowsy like, I, I don't know what it is just I don't, weird. what's the temp over there with you because us it's like 50s like 50s 60s it's around the same here it's not super warm but the sun is out it's like if you're in the sun it gets hot you know like your car gets warm mm-hmm. but like when it's windy then it gets a little chilly but it's nice out you, like and i the only reason i bring the weather up is because like on nice days i feel fine i feel great and then on like the cloudy days or really cold days that's when i feel like how i feel now so I don't know what it is, but I know uh, I'll I wake know, up. I know today I've been super drowsy, but I've also been up since three o'clock. Like three, yeah. You had work early today. I had a seven hour shift today, eight hour mm. one tomorrow. But um I, I'm the same way. It's been like cloudy and rainy the last couple of days here. Mm-hmm. So I'm always just like like I literally don't want to do anything. I just wanna yeah. even when I'm sitting on the couch, I'm like I'm bored of this. Like, <laughs> you can't get any lower than that. <laughs> it's it's like, man, because I can't go anywhere, but now I'm bored. Right. right. Exactly. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But we're going to talk about, we're not going to talk about anything new. I, we said, fuck it. Let's talk about something that came out 20 yeah. years ago. They're all, Why? 25 years ago, probably. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Let me, let me, I, I, I had it ready to go. Let me pull up my IMDB here because I think, was it like 96 or something? 96, 97. Everyone will know in the title. So we're going to talk about Starship Troopers today. Yes, 97. So we're going to talk about it. We, we could be talking about new stuff and we will. We'll talk about it later in the show. Sure, sure. But we just said, fuck it. We're going to talk about Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yeah, dude, I um, like when I brought this up to you, this movie to, to like, maybe we could talk about this one. Um I think about this movie a, a lot, like just kind of randomly sometimes. Cause for me, I remember when I was younger, I, I saw this when I was younger, probably I, I want to say maybe middle school. Like I was maybe 13 years old, something like that. And uh, it just left an impression on me that at the time I didn't really get, like I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. And I just thought it was this action movie that even back then I felt was like weird and campy, but for with some reason, bugs. yeah, just like the bug, the concept with the bugs and like this, like super weird pro military, but also like not pro military because some of the scenes are super violent and graphic. Mm-hmm. So like, I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I just always remember this movie. And then uh, to watch it again was like, I was like super eye opening for me because I haven't seen it in a long time. There's so many things to talk about with this movie. I actually did some research after talk after watching it just to kind of really de- dive into it mm-hmm. and uh, try to get the themes kind of like where they were going. And it's fascinating. I dove a little bit into it, but to kind of set up what this, like, I kind of want this to be a new segment on my show. Um, for those who know, like I've been watching a lot of red letter media and they have a segment called review where it's essentially they'll take a movie that either they have two, sometimes three people on at a time to talk about a movie. Either they all love it. One loves it. One hates it. Both of them hate it. But like it has like a, like I was talking about with you, they did an episode on Event Horizon where mm-hmm. both of them, one of them hate it, like absolutely hates it. One of them likes parts of it. But um, they talked about why it has like such a cult following. 
Okay. Um, so I kind of wanted to do that on my show where like we don't necessarily review the film. We just talk about it. And I thought Starship Troopers was a, a good idea because you brought it up to me that you've seen it or you saw it a long time ago and you yeah. revisited it. And I literally never saw it up until this episode. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very fascinated so, with your, especially because you said in middle school. Yeah. Like I want to hear your impressions of then versus now being older and also having filmmaking uh, back, like more experience with it. So sure. Sure. Do you want me to go first on my thoughts and everything? Uh, we can, yeah, we can start with it. Just, just because, because I mean, like we could definitely go back and forth. So jump in, I guess, if, right. uh, if there's anything, but like, so when I first saw it again, I kind of just took it for face value. I always did find it weird that the movie would break away from the plot and then go into this like war propaganda commercial. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, you know, join the, join the cause, join the fight now, become a citizen, and become a citizen. Yeah. All that stuff. Um, I never really understood it because I had no context for it, but I also, I, it, I remember it though. Like I remember how strange that was. Um, I didn't really well, it's the opening of the movie. It it's opened. The, yeah. With it. Yeah. It opened with one of them. And the, the scene specifically, the two uh, scenes or the two moments in the propaganda sequences that I remember uh, uh, specifically are the ones where the kids are stepping on the bugs. Mm -hmm. And then also when they feed the cow to the bug, just to kind of show like demonstrations and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and so other than that, like, I just remember it being very like action, you know, heavy um, revisiting it, dude. I, I look at him like the, the CGI is pretty good like for most of it yes yeah. there is some parts where it's like definitely dated but for the yes. most part a lot of it held up like i was blown away by the um spaceships all the spaceships yeah. look incredible yes there's even a scene where uh there's like a carpet bomb that takes out a bunch of the bugs and the bugs definitely have their cgi to them but mm -hmm. the explosions look like they could have done that practically whether it was like did. miniatures or whatever but like I was like, oh, my God, like this looks really good because I think so, it was a weird time because that was like late 90s. So it's like it was going more toward like George Lucas, like all CGI yeah. and still trying to like maintain like 80s practical effects. Yeah. Yeah. But I think because like technology was so new around that time, they were like, let's try all this stuff out. But yeah, I think because the director is Paul Verhoeven, who did like RoboCop and Total Recall. So he's all in the the practical effects and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause they had like a lot of scenes where they had smaller bugs, like the dissecting scene when they're like in school mm -hmm. still and doing all that stuff. Um, so then revisiting the movie, um, you know, it was just kind of a trip to see all that stuff again, but then like really understanding like the propaganda elements to it, the political elements to it. When I first saw the movie, well, when I revisited it again recently, uh, I realized how you could argue that it's both pro like war or pro. Um, it's like fascism. That's literally fascism. what it is. But also like, uh, yeah, because even on IMDb, it says humans in a fascist militaristic future wage war against alien bugs. Because if you think so about it's it like, too, it's like all the, literally the opening, like I knew what I was in for when I, the opening propaganda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, commercial comes on it's like all these soldiers lined up in rows like all in the same uniform yeah like it doesn't matter who you are everybody's there there's even a little kid yeah which, yeah and as soon as the little kid popped up i was like okay i know what i'm in for yep. Yep. Yeah, like... exactly dude neil patrick harris shows up at the end of the movie wearing like 
it's like an a Nazi, Nazi general, a Nazi general outfit. And he even he even if you notice when he shows up, because you see him early in the film, he looks all happy, young kid later on wearing that outfit. His eyes look like they've been like the life's been sucked out of him. He just looks evil. Well, even it's, at the, the, it's so strange. They kind of set it up at the beginning, too, with his character. He's um, he's kind of a dick because like when Johnny Rico's right. looking at his test score, he's like, oh, look, everybody. So he's like, yeah. He, like he's not evil, but he's he's a dick. He's kind of a douche. Yeah. 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 Um, and then he's just so... a full blown Nazi. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's this movie's so funny because but it's so weird. So I was doing a lot of re- not a lot. I was doing some like little dives into the film. And um, when the film first came out, it obviously got really bad reviews from critics because it was either looked at as just a straight up like shoot them up kind of fun sci-fi film and then it was looked at as like total war fascist fascist propaganda all that stuff mm-hmm. but then after doing a little bit of research you realize that um uh paul verhoven he actually was a part of like he has a background in like i think united states military like propaganda like videos or, or recruitment videos as mm-hmm. you know or i guess you could say propaganda too but recruitment videos and so that's where a lot of the propaganda parts kind of come in like that background he had uh, he threw in there in the film and as pro fascist as the film comes off, it's actually very anti-fascist because there's like a lot of the violence that takes place kind of contradicts that let's go get them attitude. You know what I well, mean? Like that. Yeah, that's, that's the whole point. It's like to brainwash society. Like, exactly. Like all these characters. And I was going to text you. I said I was 30 minutes in. I was going to text you. And be like, I really do not like Johnny Rico because he's like the most bland lead. Yeah. But after watching like the whole movie, that's like the whole point is like mm-hmm. he's supposed to be like the most generic, like surface level. Like, um, I even like was reading like it's compared compared to like um, like a teenage rom com, yeah, or, like a coming of age film. Like, because you got like the the best friends like him, Denise Richards, and Neil Patrick Harris, and even like calls back at the end. Yeah, it's yeah. like all of them. And then it's it reminded me of like kids going off to college because they're all like, we should stay friends. And right. Right. And then they just go <laughs> off to the to the oh, army. War. Yeah. Um, no, you're absolutely right. It's it's total brainwash. And that's the other thing, too. You mentioned like Johnny Rico. You weren't crazy about his character in the beginning. Every character in this film, even some of the side characters and, you know, uh, supporting actors, all of the actors, they're like gorgeous people. They're all mm-hmm. good looking people. And that was also done very much on purpose. A lot of that cast had experience in like teenage shows like at the time. And- uh, I think it was. Um, so oh, what was her name? Um, so Denise Richards and then the guy, Patrick um, Muldoon, who played um, the uh, Xander. the Pilot, was it Xander? I think it's no, Xander. what was his name? Xander, he's correct. Of, he's part yeah, of the Love Square. Yeah, yeah, the Love Square, exactly. Um, those two are actually part of like, uh, oh man, some uh, some old like teenage, like like teen show. Let me see if I can find it here. Melrose well, I know, Place. I know Melrose Place. I know yeah. Casper Van Diem, who played Johnny Rico, went on to do like soap operas. I was like looking up his career because I was like, what happened to him? And mm. nothing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what's crazy is a lot of the main cast is like hollow and like there's not much to it, especially like Johnny Rico and Denise Richards character. Yeah. They're like the most shallow people, especially Denise Richards, because she's very right. much like 
that we'll talk about like my least favorite aspect of the movie too but <laughs> okay um i love a lot of the side characters like clancy brown shows up as the mm-hmm. sergeant yeah um yeah. Um, freaking Hank from Breaking Bad who still <laughs> yeah. looks the same. Yep, yep. Yeah, he looks the same. That guy, he looks like back then he looked old and now he just looks as young you know as he used to. You know what's crazy though that I didn't know until I watched a video on it? I think Red Letter Media was talking about Starship Trooper 2. Um, Hank from Breaking Bad and Johnny Rico, when Starship Troopers were made, they're only five years separate. Like oh He's only five years God. older than, than Casper Van Dien. That's insane. I mean, Casper Van Dien looks good even now. If mm-hmm. I'm, you know, that's hilarious. But Hank I didn't just know looks that. the same. <laughs> yeah, he does. Because he's short. He's short and bald. He's always been kind of bald. You know what I mean? And had kind of that. He just had the wrinkles and exactly. he didn't have that many wrinkles. But no, no, that's hilarious. Uh, that that's interesting. Um, but I love uh, the the because you also know the opening of the film that like it starts off with the propaganda piece, and then it cuts to a news crew in the middle of the war. Yes. So yeah. Like, kind of, yeah. It kind of sets the whole tone. Cause they're still trying to get the coverage while like bugs are like literally ripping soldiers right. in half, which that was later on in the movie too. They kind of bring, go back to that. Uh, that was another interesting part. So another thing with this movie too, is the whole um, like, like covering the story live. That was around the time. So I, um, the director was talking about how, he purposely added that element of like the media being involved in like the war effort, so to speak, because at that time that was right before the United States pushed into Afghanistan for like oil or I'm sorry. Well, at the time they didn't say it was oil. It was for um, weapons of mass destruction. And so um, at that time, a lot of, a lot of news coverage was being uh, a lot of news was covering that story in like Afghanistan. So that was a reflection on what eventually happened a couple of years later. And uh, uh, the director and the writers even like took into account what like the political climate and sort of what was happening in the United States in regards to the whole Middle East uh, conflicts that were happening. So they really tried to put in a lot of real life elements in this movie. But that's also why, like, like I said, there, it, this movie's not like it's purposely done in a way where it is kind of confusing because, again, it's very fascist. It has a lot of uh, strong sort of Nazi government issue. Um, uh, um, what not the word? That's not, not the word, not issues, but like what they did. It's like that sort of, you know, regime. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like this movie has all it's all everyone's diverse. Like there's there's white people, black people, Asians, men, women, it's everyone. And like, so it's just so weird. Like it's all done very purposefully to like, it's, it's like this weird utopia that is that they're in. And um, one thing that I was thinking too, was uh, you notice how the they're, they're going after the bugs, but you don't really know why Mm -hmm. they never really give you that reason, which is also part of the brainwash. I think they, I think they kind of say it in them. They don't like, like, there's no like character that expositionally says it or like, all you know is like they sign up because they have to fight these bugs. I think at one point in the film, they said the bugs shot a laser and destroyed Buenos Aires where, right. That was also a weird thing. I was just like, all these people are like white, like Denise Richards character, I think is supposed to have this like Spanish name. And I'm like, she's the, like the whitest actress you could have gotten. Well, well, Rico, I mean, like he's whiter than white. Yeah. I mean, like that's like a Johnny Rico. He looks like, what is it? Johnny cage. I mean, like it's, (laughs) I was thinking that. (laughs) 
but so, uh but i think they said like they shot a laser just like pretty much level buenos Aires, and that's like the the biggest hometown. the biggest brainwashing because they're like oh now it's personal and like literally right the only good the only good bug is a dead bug right right well that but that's the thing though so like that was his motive which understandable but like they've been fighting bugs before that so they never really explain like how the war, like what started this, you know? I so, think- and it's interesting because the reason why I bring that up though, is because again, the, being this whole propaganda thing, like this movie's designed for even us, the viewer to be brainwashed because we're watching humans that we can quote unquote relate to fighting bugs, but like to the bugs, we're also bugs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's I think just it, interesting. I, I think what I was seeing is like, I think the humans landed on the bugs planet. So the bugs defense mechanism is to like defend their home. Sure. Yeah. And it's literally like the humans are the ones starting everything, but they're the ones that are just like, no, it's them. Like that's what the whole propaganda pieces are for. Correct. Yeah. It's literally like why they want to get everybody recruited. And even like, it's essentially just like a a constant, let's like the whole brainwashing. It's like a constant machine moving. Like, it parallels at the beginning you see all these like soldiers and then at the very end they do the same commercial but with like uh denise richards and johnny rico yeah, yeah. they've replaced the people that were originally in the in the those jobs because they died right so it's essentially just like it's going to keep going right 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 yeah with they're or trying without to keep you. this going right and the only sort of like reasoning too on top of what you said or to add to it is like uh if you notice too the the um, Michael Ironside who played the teacher and then eventually shows up as like like one of the leaders or the commanders whatever oh, was he, great as the commander yeah yeah he's hilarious I love the way he's like you know what you have to do <laughs> it's just like they're trying he's trying to go out with like such bravery um, and so he said in the beginning when when he was just the science teacher that uh, basically the 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 greatest honor or not honor but like the greatest way to prove your worth to becoming a civilian and in this in society is just basically to be violent because violence is the ultimate, like, yeah, um, he, he brings up a uh, Hiroshima. Yeah. It's yeah. It's just, it's yeah. So it's like the ultimate thing you can do to become basically a man. And, Which would go over uh, a lot of people's heads too, because you see like um, Johnny Rico's doing like his little doodle to Denise Richards. So it's like, you're kind of like picking up on their relationship and then um, who is a dizzy. Is that her yes. name? Yeah. And then she, like, you can tell she likes Johnny right um but like the whole time like ironside's doing his whole like lecture dude that's the genius of this movie is there's like three things happening at once and if you're not really paying attention it's all like subconscious like the first time you watch the movie you'll pick up on it but you're not going to realize it right so that's why you're like this is fascinating and that's why when i was young i think i i knew there was something like i never forgot the movie but I just didn't get it yet. I just didn't have the context. I didn't have like the knowledge. And I definitely didn't even have like the film knowledge to understand as far as filmmaking, why this is good. Another thing too, I wanted to mention, speaking of like, just as from a filmmaking standpoint, I felt the editing in this movie was like really good. Oh, it was. I loved the editing. I, I loved it. You know, I thought every, like the cuts were perfect. You know, it was uh, very well thought out. And again, when you watch for the first time, you you might, you could easily say to yourself like, oh, this is like a, a b-rated movie this is nothing but like Mm -hmm. no they did like really well without Mm -hmm. the editing it it really would have suffered you know but the editing was perfect so it's one of those films where it's like it definitely 
like you can take it as a surface level film and i'm pretty sure all the reviews in the 90s did Mm -hmm. and like no one really understood like everything's purposeful right um because even like johnny rico's character arc in a in a like a typical movie he has like a little bit of humanity at the beginning when he's like during the ironside speech he's like he recites the text and then he's like well i don't know if i believe it like i don't know if it's right but by the very end he's already he's so brainwashed that he's like leading all the troops yeah and like a conventional film he probably would have been like no we need to communicate with like we need to solve it some other way right right but the Uh, ending um, of this movie is so funny it's so it's hilarious it's so bleak too yeah they just cheer it literally is just like they're like it's like they won a football game well because he's like the the I don't know if it's like the queen or like the basically the head of the the bugs. brain bug. I think they call it the brain bug or the something brain bug. Like, that. like Neil Patrick Harris can like sense it telepathically, mm-hmm. and he, they're like he's afraid because like he's like he would be in that situation. And like <laughs> any other movie, they've been like, oh, let's communicate with him. But nope, everyone just cheers yeah. like, yeah, he's afraid. <laughs> he's afraid we won. Yeah, it's that's wild. Uh, there's and. Yeah, that's interesting too. So there's here's another parallel between the humans and the bugs and and why like specifically it's bugs and you know like how strong that is like the visually. So uh they're going after these bugs. The brain bug is basically communicating with all the other bugs and and, and trying to tell them like not just like strategically how to like attack the humans but also how to kill them. So like Remember the 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 brain sucking thing that was happening? They were like going mention to that. the that mind. Was some, that was an awesome practical effect. Yeah, that of, was great. That was him, so cool. Of, uh, Xander getting his brain sucked out. Yeah, literally sucked out. So uh, that whole concept is it literally mirrors Neil Patrick Harris's character because he can communicate. He was communicating with Rico that Denise Richards's character was still alive. He mentions that at the very end, mm-hmm. you know, subtly. And that's exactly what the bugs were doing with the big brain bug. He, the brain bug was communicating with them how to kill the humans, strategically what to do. So again, it's like the bugs and the humans are the same. They're literally like they're meant to be the same, except it, the creatures are just visually designed to be horrendous. So you hate them. You know right. what I mean? Well, it's also at the beginning, he um, he like talks to his um, it's not an otter. It's a, a ferret. The ferret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, oh, I want to do this on humans at some point. Yeah, and he says, "Go bug mom." He's just yeah. like, "Okay, <laughs> all right, man." There's like okay, so Neil much Patrick subtle Harris. details in <laughs> Neil Patrick. Come on, Barney. Yeah, yeah. Barney Stinson. <laughs> uh, there's like so much subtle details, and like you said, there's like the cast is. Imp- you like forget how many people would be in this film. Yeah, uh, you know what uh, would make this film better though? Because Jake Busey's in it. Gary Busey should have been in this. I was just gonna say Jake Busey's in this. I know. I freaking um, hate Jake Busey. What, why? He's like in all these shitty movies, but like <laughs> he tries to be crazy like Gary and it just doesn't work. Doesn't work. It's yeah. the same thing with like um, like Scott Eastwood or I, I don't want to say Wyatt Russell. I think Wyatt Russell is probably the best. Like he's actor. really good. I yeah. think he's a good actor, but like Scott Eastwood in particular literally just tries to be Clint in every movie. Yeah, yeah it's that that that's a hard one, though, because. You could t- like, yeah, he's definitely an actor and I don't want to knock on him, but he's, you could tell he's, he got in cause of his family, like straight up. You know what I mean? The only time and... I've ever felt Wyatt Russell, like imitated Kurt Russell was the movie overlord. 
But oh, like, oh, but like yeah, his character yeah. is literally supposed to be like a snake Pliskin. Yeah, I like that movie. I like that. No, I'm saying I liked it, but that's yeah, the only uh, time I've ever felt yeah. he was like Kurt being his dad. Yeah, I see what you mean. But it was fine. I didn't. No, yeah. If it's like every you know, movie. Yeah. Do you know the show Psych? Uh, I've heard of it. I've never watched it. You've never watched it. Okay. Well, uh, there's an actor named Timothy. Uh, um, oh God. Uh, oh, Munson, a Munson, Timothy, a Munson. He was in the film too. He played the, he was in for one scene, one quick moment where he was explaining the site, like the people that wanted to be the psychics. He was mm-hmm. the, he was the psychic. Um, well, this actor is in the show psych. And I just found it very ironic that he plays the character on IMDb called psychic and he oh, was in the yeah, show yeah. psych. <laughs> So I just I don't know if you knew that or not, but little uh, inside. I like I recognized him from somewhere. I just don't know where. Yeah, he was in that show and he's been in he's been in some other stuff, too. He was in Mission Impossible three. Oh, that I didn't realize. I'm just looking at his IMDb right now. Did you know the biology teacher? Was a golden girl. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I was like, that's awesome. I didn't realize that until I saw it. I was like, that's Blanche. (laughs) (laughs) They got one of the golden girls. She survived. And she was perfect for that role, too, in a weird way. I don't know why she just fit it so so well. I really loved um Clancy Brown in the film, though. I love because I think my favorite moment in the film was when Jake Busey's like, why do we have to do knife training? Just press a nuclear button and he's like, hold your hand up. Yeah. throws the knife at his hand he's like can't press a button if you can't use your hand <laughs> yeah. that's another thing i was gonna say too so it's the the physical part of that so like the people in this movie again it takes place it's like this weird unrealistic sense like sort of utopia and uh did you get the feeling that like the humans the people were almost superhuman like during the football game for example remember that game they were playing like he's doing these crazy ridiculous flips mm-hmm. that almost and it could be a product of the time the film was made, but it all, it kind of looked like, like the somersaults, not somersaults, but like the flips they were doing and all those jumps, like were purposely exaggerated as if to say, like, they were like these kind of superhumans, even the feet, there was even uh, dizzy was on the team. Mm -hmm. And then later on dizzy, like literally kicks the generals. Well, almost kicks his ass, but then, and then he like jumped on. She holds herself again. She holds herself very well. Yeah. Well, cause yeah. Cause that dude that fights him, gets his arm broken right away like the yeah. bone is out and then yeah. the next scene he has like a big old um like super like li- advanced cast yeah well because so, i thought because isn't that the same guy that gets shot in the training yes, yes i thought for yeah. some reason he was going to survive they would have done something uh, i see yeah but i thought because no. i was expecting that i was like oh like he's probably gonna like survive if they have some technology but also yeah. his head got like blown off <laughs> right yeah so i just i felt like they also were going in like that way of I, like without mentioning it in dialogue they were just trying to show that like the humans are almost superhuman like more so than we are now like physically advanced because mm. they were doing some crazy things um well they're on and... another planet right or are they still on earth by the point well, they, so they're when they're on buenos aires when they're doing the football game they're on earth Right. So but that's they, that's what I was saying, too. But yeah, I don't know. You mean like even in training? Yeah. Isn't that somewhere else? I don't like, remember. They like keep jumping. They jump from planet to planet. But like, it's not the mm-hmm. point. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I got yeah, I got that sense of that, too, which was I got uh, a like a bleak sense, too, from. So after the training exercise incident where the girl shoots the guy for taking his helmet off or like he takes his helmet off and she shoots him on accident because she got shot. Oh, yeah. 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 
I got this like super bleak moment when like they like when Johnny Rico's watching her leave because she got kicked out. Yeah. I had a feeling like she was going to go get executed. Like she was on her way to like for a punishment. Oh, wow. Like like a firing squad. I actually Jesus. That, like, that's actually, what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking of Tom Cruise and Valkyrie like at the very end uh-huh. when they like. Yeah. Because like, I mean, like a Nazi army would have done that to like someone Most who likely. messed up or like, yeah. Yeah. I actually think they said that she left because she um yeah because they said like that's two that left because of this and yeah they were decided but i think Rico's they kicked fate. Her, I, but i feel like they kicked her out i don't think she i don't know if she like voluntarily left or if they were just like um i thought she just voluntarily left but you might be right it, it i don't remember she, well i mean in hindsight it would have made sense because she felt bad or like right could, right but like because she also got shot so it's technically not her fault but correct yeah yeah i know if anything would, it is it is rico's fault i mean he's the leader that moment he's got to take control of the situation but yeah exactly. I, I know what you mean um yeah and then and then again going back to the politics and all that stuff later on his punishment is the, the lashes and then he's getting whipped by an african-american so it's like you know it's kind of it's interesting kind of where they went with um that reversal but also in a fascist well, also, you setting, see, you know, you see how progressive the world has gotten because, like, there's a shower scene literally, like, everybody's showering together. There we go. All right. So, what were you saying? Okay. I was saying, by um, the way, does it, does it, is it still, I'm sorry, is it still recording? Like, yeah, it's still, it, it's, it's, it oh, didn't stop. So, that was really strange. Okay. Cool. Cause oh, I was about good. to invite you back because I think okay. it happened one time where the call, like, did that, but we're all good. Okay. Sorry for that, everybody. <laughs> I was talking about how progressive it's so weird because it's like the fascist tones and everything is so World War II, like Nazi Germany. Mm-hmm. But the time is so progressive because like I was talking about the shower scene. It's literally like yeah. everybody's in the same shower, like cool with it. Like nobody's yeah. like like girls in one, like dudes in the other. It's yeah. literally just like everybody's and everybody's just chill, just talking. Mm-hmm. Everyone, they, they, they try. Yeah. They tried to emphasize like how equal everybody is, but then it removes individualism in a lot of ways too. Exactly. So it's, it's interesting how, how that is. Um, but like, you're right. It, yeah. It's like, is it progressive or is it literally like everybody's expendable? Like it doesn't matter what you like you do. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There's an interesting contrast in that film with, like you said, related to like the tones and then what is progressive about it, you know, and that's there's why- also a lot of interesting things too re- regarding like what's happening now. Remember that scene where those two people are talking like it's a talk show and uh, <laughs> the, the guy goes, the fact that you think aliens can think for themselves. I find that offensive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I was dying. I was dying. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> that's so good. But that's, that's the thing. I don't think people in the 90s or like 97 critics i don't think they understood the context of the film yeah because like i feel like they took it at the surface level of like oh these are hollow characters like like from a teen tv movie right and it's like like the tones are all over the place but it's like no it's literally the whole point yeah that was yeah you're right absolutely i love this movie i i mean it is very entertaining for those ridiculous uh, for those reasons of just it being ridiculous, the characters, the action is like really crazy. The violence is insane. It's an over the top um, violence. Oh yeah, every a lot of Literally things about freaking it are Michael Ironside's death. 
him just like yeah, getting yeah. his legs bit and him just like yeah. s- like flailing around cartoonishly. <laughs> yeah, I was it was crazy. A, a, a lot of like decapitations going on. Oh, um, yeah. the other thing, too, is all like everybody recruiting the kids, like all the kids are like, we want to join the army and like or like this like military. All the people recruiting them are like literally missing limbs or like the dude recruiting them had no legs, no arm. Yep. Yep. And that's another. Yeah. So like that was an example I wanted to give to in the beginning. The guy had no legs when he recruits Rico when he's talking to him. And that like because as I as I'm watching the movie in the beginning, it's like, oh, this is very pro war, I think. And then you watch that and it's like, well, then why did they show that? Well, because you also know he's he's like he's like Rico's like, oh, I'm going to be like frontline or like I forgot what the actual term was. Yeah. Yeah. The militia Um, because because she went off to be a pilot. Right. Um, um, Neil Patrick Harris went off to be like a doctor or like a scientist. scientist. Yeah. Yeah. And then he was like ground troops. Yeah. And the dude's like, oh, I was ground troops. It made me the man I am today. And then he backs up and like all of his body parts are gone. <laughs> yeah. 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 So and he's like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. But uh, yeah. So it was it's interesting how they put that whole thing together like that. I, I um, you know, it's, this is based off a book. Uh, the of the same name, Starship Troopers, and it has the same tones. Obviously, well, it's from the fifties, isn't it? So it's like literally like post World War Two. Like I think so. Yeah, uh, I would love to. I mean, I don't think I'll ever do it, but I'd love to. I wish I almost did like read the book because I'd love Dune, to know. And then- I know I, I still have to finish Dune first. Let me do that one first. That's gonna just <laughs> been, be a meme. <laughs> been working on that for two years. I know. Um, but like the, it would be interesting to read the book in, in context from like directly being uh, made in regard to like World War II or like after World War II and then how this movie got made in the 90s. Because again, the film is very reminiscent of its current time. Also, obviously, still uh, taking from World War II influences that the book has. But the book is obviously going to be very much almost hundred percent influence from world war two. So I'd love to see that sort of like mix, you know what I mean? That contrast too. Well, I mean, if it was made like in world war two, what if it's crazy? Like if you think about it in the universe of the film, like this shit's been going on since world war two, it's just literally just a constant, like, again, it's just a constant, um, uh, never ending, never ending cycle sort of thing. Like yeah. I said, like, the people at the beginning are dead and get replaced by Rico and all these new soldiers. And they're literally training the new people. And it's just going to keep going because they just keep getting replaced. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how it is. It's like, an, yeah, it's like a never ending uh, thing. Like you said, never ending machine. I, um, and they even mentioned world war two in the film, like with Hiroshima. So it's like, yeah, there's always going to be the next big thing to kind of relate it to. And then the next people are going to go do their duty and then everybody, you know, just keeps going. Keeps but it's going, literally like going. in the movie. It's like the humans have caused all of this. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Like the, um, there's even a part in the movie and it, and it goes by so quickly that I'll probably have to watch it again. But they say there was like a compound full of Mormons that got like slaughtered. But I that forgot sounds what, so familiar. I think, it's, yeah, it's like, I think it's you're one right. Of the first propaganda, um, pieces i think it was like oh we have this safe haven of like mormons but then it was like oh it wasn't that safe because they're all dead yeah yeah it's because they didn't they weren't like willing to fight or something like that yeah yeah like i don't know why they chose mormons out of everybody but right right. they uh what did they call them you're either a uh citizen or a civilian so they must have just been civilians Mm -hmm. what can you do it's one of those things like there's so many details that could go either you'll miss on your first watch or like like you said, when you watched it younger, it just went over your head. Like, yeah. 
you just took it for surface value, but you knew something was there. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. It's um, it's a very smart movie. You know, this movie was written very, it was written very well, very intelligently, and it was directed really well too. And, and everything was just very calculated, even though the movie seems very chaotic and very like random at times. I mean, everything is very much planned out. And that's why, like when I rewatched this movie, I, I was, I, I literally said to myself, like, I forgot that this is actually a really good movie and not just like a parody film. Like, cause a lot of time, a lot of people actually thought this film was a like war parody when it came out and they so, thought it was uh, like, we're just ridiculous on purpose. But. So when I told ahead. you I hadn't seen starship starship troopers, here's why I didn't see it. I didn't think it was because it was like a, a, a parody of war, like war movies. I knew it was yeah. like a satire. Yeah. But in my mind, I thought it was from the guys that made Super Troopers. And I also confused <laughs> it with Galaxy Quest. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what this movie is. Yeah, yeah. It was like a sequel to Super Troopers. <laughs> Starship Troopers is the sequel to Super Troopers. They just troopers. make movies with Trooper in the word. Trooper. <laughs> like trooper in the name. That's funny. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's different, man. If you if any, you know, for people listening, if you haven't seen the movie, it really is like it's not the greatest film ever. I'm not trying to sell it like fun it's time, amazing, though. but it's a very fun time. It's very entertaining. So you're not gonna miss out on that part. And if you uh you know either understand sort of like the propaganda side to it, or even if you just understand filmmaking a little bit, you'll really appreciate this movie because it's not even like it's not even like a so bad it's good movie like let's say samurai cop you know oh, or no, anything no. like that it's not it's, in that realm it's it's not it's legitimately a, a like a well-made film but it was just purposely designed or to be designed. like a, be like a b movie schlock yeah exactly exactly so yeah man it's fun i mean i'm trying to think what else we could say about Though, this too i i do have a nit not not a nitpick it actually is like like a criticism about it Mm -hmm. um i love like i said i love all like the propaganda stuff and like the satire of everything but there is a moment in the film where it becomes like a real movie and it's the whole love square like that whole like they kind of add that in as like drama and i kind of yeah. get it if they're going for like satirizing like those tropes in movies but it, it never really like fully went there right it, it right. would always it would always go from that to like literally the next scene of like Johnny Rico, Dizzy, and like Ace and like another guy all going and drunk and getting tattoos. Right, right, right. And it just shows that they're all like brainwashed and mm -hmm. it, it I was, never fully committed to. It doesn't. You're right. And I was reading um, that the reason they did that too, whether it be I, again, can't really speak for the book, but at least for the film's sake, the reason that they emphasize that love square and that sort of romance between. Um, uh, Rico, uh, Denise Richards, and the Dizzy's character um, was because, like you said, that's like one of the few parts of the film where it actually feels like an actual narrative movie, like a legit, not that it's not legit, but like a real like movie, like you said. development and like exactly. an, um, tension. Not yeah. tension, but like um, drama. Drama between, yeah. There you yeah, go. and so that was designed because then that gives the audience like um, – it allows the audience to care for the characters. So when ridiculous things do happen, even though it's ridiculous, we think about the connection Dizzy and Rico have. We want them to get together. We want them to fall in love, but inevitably it doesn't happen. Which is 
something in red letter media's uh talk about it which i thought was hilarious was in the love square denise richards loves xander or like really loves him uh not rico rico loves denise richards not dizzy dizzy loves rico so like the people they should have ended up with die and they're just stuck with each other and they even make a point that like when Rico rescues Denise Richards after the the brain bug, she like looks back at Xander and it's just like, well, there's the guy I love. So I'm stuck yeah. with him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, oh, there you are. Like, yeah, hey, let's try this again. Like, you know, what I mean? it's, it's so strange. I, I think that's why they casted Rico and Denise Richards is like these people are like beautiful surface mm-hmm. value. Yeah. And that's literally all their characters were because they're yeah. all, they're both kind of like selfish or like very um more so Denise Richards than like right right Rico. yeah no they're very um self-absorbed in a lot of ways yeah uh the um uh Dizzy and Xander's character definitely felt more real like they feel like real people more mm-hmm. than the other two um, it's so, literally like Ken and Barbie more so Dizzy than Xander sure 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 Xander a little bit like they gave him Z- a little at bit at the more- end I feel like at the end Xander had a little bit more humanity to him in the beginning he was total he was just like a, the douche. dick yeah. he was literally like the douche to interrupt like the love triangle yeah. at first and then it became yeah. a love square yeah he was um he was Flash in Spider-Man he was <laughs> that's what I that's what I felt you know had, like the same haircut yeah exactly Exactly. But yeah, that's like the one part of the movie I just wasn't crazy about. The love square thing. Yeah. It, it, again, because it, it didn't fully commit. To right. Right. Either like mean. fully making it a trope or like fully developing it to be dramatic. Yeah. I think the payoff works again, like with the two people that actually should have been like the two couples that should have been together, like the halves die. Right. Right. <laughs> so they're just like, well, and at the very end, the callback at the from the beginning, Denise Richards, Neil Patrick Harris, and Rico are all like, "Well, we'll be friends forever." Yeah, but now they're just Nazis. It's just like, come on. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. Interest. It's interesting, man. And I was thinking, like you, we talked about this too already. But like the ending is ridiculous. Like if you really think about it, they're literally cheering. Like UCLA just won the football game exactly. because they found the brain bug. You know what I mean? It's like, what is going on? The brain on? bug's afraid. Yeah. Yeah. That he's afraid. Yeah. They didn't even win the war. There's like four other uh, uh, Starship Trooper movies that come out after this. You know what I mean? I haven't, I haven't heard, like, I didn't, because obviously I've only seen this one. Yeah. I heard the other ones aren't that good, though. They're all like I, direct to video. Yes. They, I believe they were. And yeah, no, they were not that good. I, I have not seen any of the other ones. The only one I heard that has some sort of uh value to it or that is very similar with like the political stuff is the third one actually yeah that's so it, where, it's um, where rico comes back yeah it's got a lot more of the propaganda element to it um, well because it's from the, the the guy that wrote the script it's like the same guy that wrote the same the guy oh, okay yeah. i didn't know that okay cool yeah, so I I don't know. I mean, to see the sequels, I really personally don't have much uh, interest in. But you don't want to deep dive into all the the sequels. <laughs> no, I don't think I could do it. You don't do what I do, where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch this first movie. If it has sequels, let's go. <laughs> let's. Go. It depends on the movie. I mean, a movie like Starship Trooper, I or like a franchise, if you will, if that's even the right way to say it, like Starship Troopers. You I don't want to deep dive into like it. Halloween. Halloween, I would do. Actually, I think it I would do. I, I know I can imagine, but, but there's, there's some, aside from the first one, obviously there's some other pretty strong moments in, in the franchise, you know, there's a few. But, 
I think Halloween yeah. Two is not that bad, actually. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I, I actually like the se- the the second one as well. I, Four, I don't think I've seen past the second one though. Three is different. I respect it for being different. Four is sort of good, but it's essentially like the first one remade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, once you get to like H two O though with Busta Rhymes, <laughs> it gets super rough. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I could do that either, to be honest. Um, but they, dude, oh, this is what I was going to ask you. I'm glad I remembered. If they were to do a Starship Troopers remake, who do they cast? Forget, forget like if they should do it. I, they shouldn't because it wouldn't make sense in my opinion. But who should they cast as the, the, the three leads? As the three leads. You know what? I feel like Denise Richards' character, I feel like could be recast with like Samara Weaving. Because I feel like she could actually bring like a good. She's the girl from Ready or Not. Oh, gotcha. Perfect. I feel like yeah. she could bring like a good like. She's a good actress, mm-hmm. so I feel like she could bring some dynamic that Denise Richards couldn't, while also having that look. Yeah, yeah. Um, who would be Johnny Rico? <laughs> Just bring Did Neil she... Patrick Harris back as. <laughs> 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 just that, that, yeah yeah he just he honestly looks good he looks young still just he looks maybe the a, same maybe a tad bit of makeup just to really make the light do the marvel like, de-aging it, oh god don't do that no, I, I mean don't literally do bring hank back he'd be the same hank is actually yeah that's genius clancy um, brown you could bring back because he he looks the same <laughs> he could he could um, um i'm, I'm trying to think, think rico actually could honestly be scott eastwood I mean, honestly, I, he would be a perfect fit. I mean, but you got well, The other thing you got to think about is Starship Trooper also played on the trope of like all these people were like late twenties when they got casted to play high school kids, so they were playing exactly. on that trope too. That's true, right? 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 Uh, or how about? How, well, no, see, uh, that wouldn't work. I was gonna say, but it won't work. Tom Holland, but I don't like that. That's not good. Wyatt Russell, for Rico, you mean? No, I could see him as um, Jake Busey's character as Ace. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. He has the he can play the attitude and the confidence of mm-hmm. that character for you sure. You know what's weird, though? OK, so Jake Busey's known for his teeth. <laughs> okay. If you watch any movie, he has like that weird smile. Yeah, yeah. Like the Buseys do. Right. <laughs> like the Buseys do. Right. If you look at Gary you say Busey. It like, you know, them from Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> you know, yeah. the Buseys <laughs> down the street. <laughs> You know, good old Gary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. <laughs> he was in a movie about a gingerbread man. It was called Ginger Dead Man. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like a horror movie. Uh, but OK, so I texted you because I was like, I always thought in Starship Troopers, it was Schwarzenegger because he's right. worked with Paul Verhoeven on like Total Recall. And I think an, I think he did another movie. I, I don't know what it was called, but I, I think he did another one. I'm probably wrong, but OK. I think okay. I'm thinking of True Lies, which I know is James Cameron. Yes. So I'm probably thinking of that one. But okay. I know he's in Total Recall. Okay. Okay. I thought he was the lead of Starship Trooper because if you look at the poster, you don't see the guy's eyes, but you see his mouth. And it looks like when Schwarzenegger like would scream. Right. Especially right, from the right. 90s. Right. But then Casper Van Diem does that same like scream and like yeah. gets his mouth like that. But then also Jake Busey does it too. So I'm on the poster. I'm like, who is it? Is it Jake Busey or is it Johnny Rico? I see what you mean. I I, I think it's I think it it's looks probably in Johnny my, Rico. It is Rico, and I think it for me. I see it more from like the 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 cheek like shadows, like when he's screaming, like right under. Mm-hmm. Um, and on, honestly, as big as those teeth are, I don't think they're big enough for Jake to be Busey. to be to to be Jake Busey. Yeah, so <laughs> that's hilarious though. 
Jake Busey, what a character. Right? That whole family is. That you know, and you know what's funny? Like when I see a movie like like this again too, and and it's got all these actors like Jake Busey, Denise Richards, who were young at the time, I have a hard time seeing them currently and thinking they're actually that old. Because to I me, forgot. they just look young all the time. I forgot Jake Busey was in a uh, Stranger Things. I did too. I just saw that. I just um, saw that. What else? What was I gonna say about Jake Busey? I don't know. Oh, just looking at him though, he like I, I love Nick Cage as the cast of uh, Joe Exotic, but he could have been Joe Exotic. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Or Gary Busey. Just put him in. <laughs> yeah, actually, Gary Busey probably be better. Yeah. Gary 100%. Busey. Gary Busey and Nick Cage are on the same level of like insanity. I have not seen a lot of Gary Busey films. You don't need honest. to. No, it's not even about his movies. It's just him. It's just him. Uh, the, the only thing I I know him the most of is doesn't didn't he do like a couple years ago that Amazon Fire Stick commercials where he speaks at the remote and he just like screams yeah just, yeah because like... he the only other thing I remember him from um I so I only watched Celebrity Apprentice when he was on. That's hilarious because he was so crazy and like yeah. literally everybody on the show hated him. <laughs> That's so funny. I forgot he was on Celebrity Apprentice. He had some of the I'll have to send you. a. There's like a compilation of him just being crazy <laughs> on the show. <laughs> and like him, he has like some weird rambles about like he's like he had so like so to remember people's names or like things he would put it as an acronym so he literally did like what michael scott would do oh my god from the office but that's he's hilarious. like legit <laughs> that's so funny did he show up in the office at all did he ever did he ever no, cameo? He should I, have. I, it just I, like you said the like the office and it, it made me wonder if he showed up because i feel like i had seen him he i, but I never sh- saw the office he's in hitman he's three as gary Busey. <laughs> No, he's in the video game Hitman Three as himself. Oh, in the in the game, I see. I thought you meant like and in the the second one. What? What? I have to see this now. Hold on, Hitman. He also because I'm looking at his as Gary's filmography. He's he has a show called Gary Busey Pet Judge. Of course, he's also I forgot he's he's in the Sharknado movies. Okay. Um. He was in the Hitman video games. What? This is so weird. Ask Gary Busey. <laughs> it's literally all his roles are now. He was in Piranha 3 Double D. I remember that. He's in like the first five minutes. You know what's crazy? He's one of those actors that like he's very well known. Um, he seems like he's just he is who he is. Like you said, it's Gary Busey. But it's gotten to the point now where he does so many things. He's in over, he's in 182 credits worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's insane. You probably hear a car going off. I can't hear it. Yeah. Is that <laughs> an alarm? Yeah. Oh. I feel like somebody's car got stolen. It's not mine. <laughs> yeah. He literally has so many weird roles, though. Yeah. Well, when you have 182 credits, they're not all going to be Oscar worthy. You know what I mean? So, no, they are. <laughs> all of them are. <laughs> He was nominated for an Oscar, though, in the 70s. Was he? <laughs> yeah, for uh, his, like, literally the only thing everyone talks about him in is this, um, well, it was like a Buddy Holly movie, I think. Where is it, though? I feel like we're done talking about Starship Troopers. We're just on Gary I know. He, did, he was in Grand Theft Auto Vice City stories. What the hell? He was in Vice City, too, yeah. He was in the, <laughs> he was in, uh, the 70s, A Star is Born. Oh, okay. He was in Gunsmoke. I don't know if you ever did editing yeah. at Columbia. We had to oh, edit an yeah. episode of Gunsmoke. <laughs> I still I still have my edit. I'm very I, proud of my edit, too. I think I have mine. I'm pretty proud of mine, too. 
you know what the i took the editing class and there was one practicum film that the teacher said i was the only one that ever made the scene work because of how awful it is because no one knew how to edit it together and i was like what if you just do the simple dissolve and then it kind of makes more sense but the footage was so bad. I I have no idea how it was a practicum. Hold on. So you you edited a practicum film? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. So in editing one, they gave us footage of like a very old practicum film from like maybe the mid 2000s. Mm-hmm. And like they only give you one take. They don't give you everything. But it's like an exercise of like how to edit a narrative piece. Okay. But I was the only one that ever made like that specific one work. Because of, of how awkwardly it was shot. Like, literally, the guy leaves the diner. And mm-hmm. in that same shot, the girl comes back. But, like, realistically, they would have seen each other. Uh, I see. I see. Because they were trying to get it all in one shot. Like, save time. I see. Okay. Okay. But the way I did it was I, like, cross-dissolved it to make it look like passage of time. Ah, okay. Okay. And, like, if for a brief second, he, like, they both catch, either, catch each other's, like, gaze yeah as it's dissolving so like you know it's the passage of time but like kind of implies something else like he sees her for like the last time it's that's how i was looking at it when i was editing it okay okay interesting Uh, and i made it black and white because the color was so ugly (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but okay that's cool back to gary Busey. he was in predator (laughs) too (laughs) he was in he was he was in his son his son was in uh the latest predator film Oh, the predator. Yeah, you. Yeah. I know. I never watched it. I just heard. It I never was saw it either. My I dad saw it. it. So, so I'm watching Starship Trooper yesterday. I'm. I was getting ready to 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 do the episode for today, and uh, my dad comes in. He's like, "What are you watching?" I'm like, "Starship Trooper." He starts laughing, and we're like watching a little bit of it. And there's a scene where, um, uh, uh, uh what's his name? Busey's son, Jake. Uh, Jake is. He's in one of the scenes. And then my dad goes, you know, he was in Predator. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, he was in the latest Predator movie. I was like, really? My dad's seen that movie like twice. I'm like, why do you watch that movie? Like, what do you see in that film? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but I'm sending you a sending you a lovely image. Is it Busey's teeth? <laughs> I mean, it's they're in there. <laughs> okay, there you go. Jesus Christ, <laughs> what does he look like? He looks like the necromancer. Well, I guess he's gonna play God in an off-Broadway musical. Oh God! If he <laughs> hold on, you sent me another one. Yeah, there you go. He's crazy. He just like yeah, he's got a very unique face, you know. Like I think that's have, I think that has to do with his uh motorcycle accident from the seventies. I didn't even know he had an accident. I guess I think I heard like that's a reason why he's like not all there. <laughs> It could be, yeah, probably. makes sense. Maybe you know, you get hit in the head hard enough, it'll change you. <laughs> probably he was. He probably wasn't wearing a helmet, but you know, different time. Yeah, exactly. He was. He he should have. Rico should have told him not to take his helmet off. Exactly. Exactly. Circle it all back. <laughs> That's what we do on this show. That's what we do. We circle back. That's what we do. Circle <laughs> back. It's a never-ending cycle. That's funny, and then they'll just get new people. Um, but I, I did enjoy this segment. I'm going to do it with a lot of other guests where we talk yeah. about a movie either like I love or like mutually love or like yeah. one I've never seen, they've never seen and like they watch for the first time. Um, I would love to do this again, but just if, if there's a way to do it, like a movie, if I haven't seen 
like mm-hmm. uh and, and then i watch it for the show but like i hate i would love to rip a movie apart like oh, this way same like if, if you would have <laughs> well i kind of like i was kind of hoping i would have hated starship troopers <laughs> yeah. so i could be like what do you see in this yeah, yeah exactly yeah but i liked it i yeah. i thought it was fun yeah um crazy enough i don't remember did we review jackie brown on your show or my show Ooh, i don't remember that was a while ago because i revisited it okay and i loved it way more like was it your second time or like maybe this is like third like or fourth third or fourth time seeing it okay but in like tarantino's catalog it was kind of near the bottom and it skyrocketed like top five. Oh wow okay for me okay um honestly I think I picked up on more things this time and like okay. I feel like I don't know. I I was just like super engaged with it this time. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um I don't know some I feel like after watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too, it's very similar to like ha, like sort of how he filmed it. It's very mature for a Tarantino film. It's not just mm-hmm. like schlock and like endless violence. Right. I know what you mean. Um yeah. I don't know. I really liked it, though. And I feel like Reservoir Dogs has just progressively gone down on my list. Interesting. I really like Reservoir Dogs, but sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's like that was his first film. And I know he's like got way better stuff. Right. Even though it's a very strong first film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd have to see it again. Um, uh, Jackie Brown, I only saw it that one time. When I, uh, we saw that together, right? Like, when yeah, we, when I, I showed you, uh, you, I showed you Jackie Brown and Kill Bill because I don't think and, you'd seen it. Or no, correct. I think I don't know if we watched Kill Bill. I know you, we did. You, oh, we did. Okay. At least I think. Wait, hold on. Unless you no, watched th- it when you left, because you were saying, I think you said Jackie Brown, Kill Bill, and Death Proof were the only Tarantinos you hadn't seen. Right. Well, I ve- I did eventually see Kill Bill, but I'm trying to remember now if it was at your place. I thought I it think, was. I maybe. I, I do remember us watching Jackie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And then I rewatched Death Proof, which is it's fun, but it's definitely like still my least favorite. Sure. Okay. I yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's just, that one. It just feels like two different movies like slapped together. Right, right. Okay. It's okay. kind of one of those things where he builds up these characters in the first 40 minutes and then just moves on to a completely new set of characters. Interesting. Okay. So it's very like all over the place, but it's still fun. Yeah, I'll have to watch it one day because I think if that's yeah, that I think it's the only one I haven't seen. So then I'll have seen all his movies. <laughs> I think it's on Prime, by the way. I think it's on Prime. Right okay. Now. Okay. I'll check it out. Yeah. But let's talk about um, we got some current events, some trailers to discuss. We'll get to the We got to the new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to talk about first? Because I got the notes of everything we can talk about. And I think you sure. had some current events you looked up as well. Um, I'm trying to see because when you sent me the list, it was pretty much everything. To be honest, oh, I did, I did see. If you wanted to, if we have time, we could save it to the end. But we could talk about the Green Knight trailer. Let's save that to the end. So we'll save okay. trailers till the end. Other than that, so I pretty much had. So well, let's briefly talk about the Knives Out two casting because yeah. I literally just saw it. So when we talked yesterday, it was just Dave Batista casted. Yeah, and then in recently today. When we're recording, I just saw Ed Norton got added and yep. Janelle Monet. Yeah. Uh, so full disclosure, I didn't like Knives Out. I, I figured. Yeah, I didn't like it. I it, It's just exposition vomit. I know that's the point of the movie, but I didn't like it. Um, so like for me, I'm, I might, I'll see the second one probably, 
But as far as like who's casted in it and stuff, it's kind of weird that that movie's getting so much like pop culture news, like as if it's a superhero movie. It's really well, it's strange. Just the, it's just the casting because literally the first movie's cast was huge, and now this one's yeah. gonna get a big cast too. No, I yeah, and I understand that. I guess um, I think it's going to Netflix though. Okay, I think Netflix bought it, bought that, and Knives Out three. I think they're doing. Yes. Yeah. Because I think I I saw that became like the I don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know why they paid so much money for it. I think they paid him $500 million to have both the films. I mean, it, the first one was successful box office wise. But so, it's such a small scale story. I don't know why they're throwing like. I know. All this money at it. Well, look at all the money they threw at like the Irishman, which I understand why. But that I mean, dude, you got to make De Niro 20 years old, even though he's that, still got that 70 year old body. <laughs> dude, that movie was so expensive. Yep. They spent so much money. And we could talk about um, his next movie because I think it's going to be equally as expensive. Okay. Yeah, we Killer, could do Killers that. of the Flower Moon. Is that the one that just they released a, like a, sh- uh, a picture? A meme. With DiCaprio? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Another meme. We'll yeah. talk about it. Just, sure. DiCaprio is a meme at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think he's a real person. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I well, think he's, he's not. Just a, he's unrecognizable. I think he's just a CGI character that they could just really easily manipulate into making us think he's an actor and he's not he's, so when he's on talk shows it's just yeah i still think he's real <laughs> i'm waiting for that that meme to come out of like whoever wrote that article headline i i don't know if they were trolling or if they were like serious which one so okay we'll talk about this meme so this meme stem from the first photo of killers of the flower moon got released and it's literally like dicaprio and i forgot the name of his co-star but they're just sitting at a table and you can clearly tell it's DiCaprio. Like his hair is just parted, but the way they wrote the, um, the article was DiCaprio is unrecognizable in first look at Scorsese's next project. He's sitting, he's sitting (laughs) next to, he's sitting next to Lily Gladstone, like Uh the co-star. And everyone's just like, unless you're talking about, uh, the girl on the left, that's DiCaprio on the right. (laughs) And then everybody's just been like, I think someone posted a photo of Leonardo da Vinci and was just like, Leonardo's unrecognizable and new role. I've been waiting for someone to put the Rick Dalton like in his cowboy stuff. (laughs) That's hilarious. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that was the article, but I did. um, Yeah, I saw this photo. So this movie, uh, let me see, hold on here. It's like an epic Western coming out, I think for Apple TV. Okay. So it says members of the, Osage tribe in the United States are murdered under mysterious circumstances in the twenties, sparking major FBI investigation involving J. Edgar Hoover, who ironically didn't, am I not mistaken, but didn't DiCaprio play? He did. J. Edgar Hoover. That's hilarious. Well, and um, DiCaprio, he's not the star of the movie. He gave that role to Jesse Plemons and DiCaprio is going to be like a side character. That's right. That's right. But this movie's got a huge cast too. It's got it's going to be the first time I think DiCaprio and De Niro have worked together with Scorsese. Yeah, they were making a big deal about that too, I remember. Which I'm excited about. I think that's cool. Uh, Sturgill uh, Simpson's got a role in the movie. He's like a country artist. He was in The Dead oh, Don't okay. Die. He did the song. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's right. I think he's a um, he's a pretty good uh country artist. Lily Gladstone. Where have I seen her? What other movies was she in? Let's trying see. To, trying to see if it says what like the budget they gave him was for. Well, they say you might have to like Google it. 
Probably. Um, let's see. I mean, it's Scorsese. You can literally give him like as much money as you want. Pretty much. Two hundred million. He's, he's yeah. He's one of those uh, filmmakers that like he, he makes. I mean, he makes good movies, but like he's so big now, his movies make money off his name. Like, I mean, the Irishman people... didn't make any money. <laughs> right. Well, that was yeah, that was Netflix, but yeah, it was also um, four hours. Yeah. It's, yeah. Oh, that's the thing. So the Irishman's budget was only 159. Killers of the Flower Moon is more expensive. I thought the Irishman was more. It probably was, but I just looked it up. It said 159 okay. was the budget. Okay. That's, prob- um, that's probably the film budget, not like including like the marketing and like right, okay, all that. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, so this movie is more, and you said it's Amazon. Uh, think? I think it's Apple or oh Apple. Okay, but here's the thing with Scorsese. Like the reason he's because if you look at all those guys from the seventies, like Spielberg and Scorsese and De Palma and Lucas. I mean mm-hmm. Lucas, not so much. He just does Star Wars. That's it. Right. Um, Scorsese is, I think, the only one that consistently has been making good movies. Yeah, he's. I can see that for sure. He definitely has a. Um, yeah, he has the consistency to him. The other guys have. Spielberg, Spielberg's very much just like got to make a movie like. Mm-hmm. And it's Spielberg, well, so he has his new, formula. Did you see his new trailer for West Side what, Story? Yeah. I mean, uh, what are we doing? Think, you know what's funny? Ansel Elgort. Well, it's also weird too because they do the photo of the jets and the sharks like conflict and then Ansel Elgort's like in the middle of them, but focused on him. Yeah. That's I, I just don't like his casting. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I like Spielberg a lot, but his recent movies just like, I don't know if it's cause he's not taking chances and doing new things or he's if not. it's just because his, his, like you said, that formula, he just sticks with it. He's literally just coasting at this point. Yeah. I mean, where it's like Scorsese, I feel like is doing more interesting projects or like, yeah, I mean, not even like they're more interesting, but he's also, I think the Irishman, he was like, let's try all this um, de-aging effects and like say what you will, if they worked or not. Like he was like, let's take a chance on this. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And for his age, I mean, he's still, doing it he's making like Like, young people movies and that's the thing exactly that's what i was gonna say here's the thing too with um sorry cut you off no it's okay it's okay go ahead with wolf of wall street that seemed like 30 year old scorsese yeah that's what i was gonna say like like when you look at his older movies like uh um like raging bull raging bull or um oh my god um taxi driver no fucking goodfellas thank you god (laughs) uh goodfellas um it's a very like intense and uh like fast-paced movie and then you look at um um wolf of wall street that's very fast-paced it's more fast-paced i just feel like it's more modern he's stuck with the times he's in he's not living in some past filmmaking era and he's still making good stuff so he's like evolving with it Mm -hmm. whereas spielberg i'm not saying he has never evolved i mean he made freaking saving private ryan which still holds up as like one of the greatest war movies ever and you could even put it next to war movies that have been made recently and it's still better but like generally speaking he keeps making these movies that are just kind of like they feel nostalgic they look nostalgic there's nostalgic tones to them i'm just tired of nostalgia well he did um i feel like the only technologically advanced film he did to try to like keep up with the ages was ready player one 
Yeah, but I feel like did he even direct that movie? Well, that's the thing. Is like, like you know what I mean? That movie just didn't feel like a Spielberg. So there's a fine line, right? Like you, you know, you you want a director's touch and their style, which I feel like Scorsese has maintained in all his movies. But you also want like something new every time. That movie, Ready Player One, I enjoy it. It's a very fun movie to watch when it's like on TV and stuff. But like I, it didn't feel like classic Spielberg. You know what I mean? Well, I think feel... also with like Wolf of Wall Street, I think he got booed when he screened it, and then mm-hmm. they kept telling him he couldn't do all this stuff, and he said, "Fuck you guys! I'm gonna put whatever I want in my movie." Uh, in Wolf of what, Wall Street, right? When he screened it, what do you mean? Like for like test audiences? I think it was like, like uh, at festivals. I think it was a festival. Interesting. All right, I'm gonna look it up real quick. But then he goes on to do like passion projects like Silence, which like right. no one saw. I saw it. I loved yeah. it. But I saw it. It was a good movie. Yeah, it was very good. But then he does like The Irishman, too. It's like, yeah, he makes these super long movies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is probably why he doesn't make a lot of money on his movies, like those longer ones. I think Wolf of Wall Street made a shit ton of money, though. Uh, um, yeah, no, I think it did. It was a huge movie when it came out. Everybody I knew saw it. I, I remember everybody did, too. <laughs> Where is it at? Which one are you looking for right now? I'm looking for the fact about Wolf of Wall Street. Um, like, if it, I think it got booed um, at like some festival. Because it says like they were able to like, I'm, I'm reading IMDb facts. It's saying that like they were able to quote unquote push the envelope. So they basically were able to make the movie how they wanted um, because it was financed independently, but they had Uh to edit it. They had to edit it so much because it was going to get an NC-17 rating. Yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Just go for it, Scorsese. I know. Can you like, why not? Just make an NC-17 movie. Who cares at this point? Yeah, I mean, no one does it anymore. No. And if a big director like Scorsese did it, he'd be the one to be able to get away with it and it still makes some money. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, I feel like we're not in the, we're not living in a super prude age anymore. Like people go and see stuff like nothing's as censored as it used to be. You know, we got to do the Internet exists. There's free stuff online. You're going to tell me no one's seen some shit like, come on. <laughs> like, <Nah>, I can't. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, let's go. Come on. Where Plus, at movies now, anyway, if you want to see an R rated movie and you're not 17, they won't let you, you in. They won't even let you in. You have to actually go with a parent. NC-17, they won't let you in at all, even with a parent. But, like, you know, kids figure it out anyway. I don't know. I just feel like it's stupid. So here's what I, I think I found the article. It says that uh, Scorsese was heckled at the Academy screening of The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, interesting. It was basically saying the the caption of the article says, the director and star Leonardo DiCaprio are told shame on you by Scorsese by screenwriter outraged by film's depiction of sex and drug tra- drug taking. Jesus Christ, have they never seen any movie ever before? <laughs> like, come on. They said the movie was, they said shame on them for making a disgusting film. It's, a, it's an unnamed <laughs> screenwriter. They didn't want to put who it was. Of course not. Um, whatever. All of a sudden now we have to protect them. Yeah, I don't know. That's That's insane. That's insane. It's a great movie. It's fantastic. It's fan- And without... Without that stuff, without that explicit sort of uh, content that it has in it, it wouldn't be what it is. It wouldn't. Ha- it kind of that movie, like 
that's an interesting movie because you need that sort of shock value because that's how crazy these people are and were when it came to making money, when it came to just have like working in that office. That's the whole point of the movie. If without mm. that, there is no story. You could even put like they're so on drugs, like most of it probably didn't even happen or like how they remember it. Right. So it's probably right. like interpreted like they're just like so fucked up. Yeah. And I guarantee you, too, the stuff that they probably do remember, a lot of it probably didn't make it in the film because of how even crazier it was. Well, it also doesn't because the thing about the film is it doesn't glorify it. Like at the beginning, it seems like it up until the end when you realize he lost his wife. Yeah. He lost like all of his money. He lost yep. his business. He went to yeah. jail. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, no, it doesn't glorify it at all. Um not in the way that I always felt like, see, like, like I, I always thought like uh, Goodfellas is the best, in my opinion, the best like gangster movie. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of the other ones out there and, and some of the other ones that Scorsese even has done, I've always felt kind of glorifies that life. I think um, Goodfellas does sort of too. It does uh, for sure. But you also do see the, the madness that comes with it, you know? Because everything starts spiraling downhill. Um, well, that's what happens. In, that's what happens in the the Irishman too. Right. Um, but in 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 regards to Wolf of Wall Street, yeah, that sort of life of just being that like penny stock, being in the stock market that way that they were back then. Um, yeah, it's like yeah, everybody loves making money, but then when you start doing the crazy stuff that they do, um, you know, people die, you lose your job, you lose your wife, you lose your kids, lose your house, your kids, everything. Yeah. So. It's crazy. It's yeah. It's no nuts. one. No one should ever boost Scorsese off a of stage. No, he's a good filmmaker. I like him. He's, I, I still love the meme of him at the Oscars when Eminem's performing and it cuts to him and he's asleep. <laughs> I didn't know that. When was that? Uh, the, when Irishman was nominated. Was that what it was? Oh my god! Because Eminem like came out. Yeah. I, think, I don't know. If, I think it was Eminem and it cuts to Scorsese and his eyes were closed <laughs> during <laughs> Lose Yourself, so everyone's like he fell asleep. Who cut? Why would the director say cut to Scorsese now? Because here's why. <laughs> I know this from high school film, like high school TV broadcasting editing. Okay. I had to do, um, I think a graduation, like because we were live streaming a graduation and for like families that couldn't make it. Yeah. And my job as the cameraman was to like point the camera at people, and then I'd be right. told like, "Hold on, this person." Right, right. I would always try to find like the person falling asleep and go to them. <laughs> And they cut to him. Yep. Oh, uh, that's awesome. That's what we were trying to do. <laughs> that's funny. And it, because you couldn't do it often, you had to just, like sprinkle them in. Okay. Okay. Because it see. can't be everybody. It's not funny no, that way. Right. Right. Yeah. It's got to be like, and then you got to go gotta, back. You got to cut to like families, like everyone engaged, like mm -hmm. kids like crying, and then you got to cut to that one person asleep, <laughs> and then you got to something else. Yeah. Back to you the, cut to nice the stage giving a speech. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you got to you got to strategize it. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, sprinkle of humor in there. You got to do it. You can't just like, you can't just give out like gold nuggets every time. Right. Then you'd be out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? So. Well, you um, wanted to, because let's, let's lead into the trailers. Okay. But I wanted you to talk about what we were talking about yesterday with like the storyboard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Story. Because we wanted to talk about the MCU phase four trailer, but yeah, I, th I think this can lead into it. Definitely. So let me find the um, really quick. Uh, the um, the technology of whatever it's called. And now, of course, now. I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Let's see here. So just real quick. So there I was when I was talking to you about this. Um, 
there's this new software, I guess. And uh, it's basically a way where uh, filmmakers now can like pre like they store it's it's a way for them to storyboard their films uh before they even hire a director and stuff like that and it's all done digitally it's all done online and what this allows is for like really big budget films especially films with a ton of action and cgi it allows the filmmakers to plan out the scenes and plan out um how they want it to look prior to even jumping into any sort of production and so then it just keeps it keeps um it keeps things going. Right. And I believe it's called Previs. Yeah. Previs is the name of the software. And I saw this video pop up recently, and this is how Marvel makes their movies essentially. So there's a reason why Marvel movies all look the same. There's a reason why they feel the same. There's a reason why they just fit together so well. And there's a reason why they feel that way, even though they have all these different directors. And that's because two things, number one, they have, only a handful of people, if not one person, who's in charge of just the overall story. And then, of course, it gets evolved as time goes on. But also, it's the same people that are storyboarding and basically a part of the creative process from, again, like I said, before they even hired the director. And this new software called Previs is kind of responsible for that and, and for them being able to create that vision. So you can create these like animated storyboards Uh within the film. And I think you brought it up, Tim, yesterday that like originally a lot of filmmakers used it for big action sequences because it helped really in the, it helped it with the planning in the MCU. That's what I heard like with yeah. Black Panther and, and films like around that era mm -hmm. of Marvel, like they were using it for all their action set pieces. Yes. Yes. Like literally the, before like, uh, like Ryan Coogler or like Taika got yep, hired. Yep. And it got to the point now where they completely storyboarded all of like infinity war and Endgame with previs prior to even, like I said, having the directors, which I'm sure if realistically speaking, they had the Russo brothers in mind anyway, I think they already had the Russos. Yeah. So, but before they were even ready to go, they had, previs ready and uh they were already using it storyboarding literally the whole movie not just action but dialogue scenes simple co like comedy moments or funny moments they did the whole film and it's interesting because this video uh it was actually on insider's youtube page they talk about this software they talk about how beneficial it can be in like for production because you can get the shoots done quicker everyone knows exactly what they what to do this even helps with lighting and lens uh choice so like you can pick your lens choose the kind of lighting you want to have in the scene and it's all done digitally so when you show up on set you know exactly what you got to do and then it even helps the um the uh the the CGI team as well it helps them figure out what their job is once the shots get filmed um on location or in in a studio so it's pretty cool software the problem which if you if you're anyone like you or me tim or anyone else that's listening that's a filmmaker would know right away is that this allows for very little creative control past like to, to the filmmakers to the directors even right so it's kind of an issue because but here's the thing. There's a give and take because I was thinking about this. If you're going to work for a Marvel movie, they're going to compensate you. So if you're Ryan Coogler, if you're the Russo brothers, if you're Sam Raimi, even who's going to do the Doctor Strange movie. Yes. Or if you're a small, smaller filmmaker, like you've done one or two indies and then Marvel wants to just hire you. Like you're going to get like Nia, Nia DaCosta. Yeah, exactly. Captain Marvel too. Yeah. You're going to get paid pretty well. And basically your job, unfortunately, 
is just to babysit everybody. <laughs> like, I mean, like, I, I, I'm sure there's still creative control. Don't get me wrong. You're still in charge of the performances. Actually, that's the biggest thing you're in charge of. So even though the shots are planned out, the lighting, the cameras, all that stuff, you are still in charge of making sure the actors are doing their job. And truly, that is probably the most important part in my opinion, at least uh, that the director has yep. and that will always have because the performances are sometimes everything. Um, so it's interesting because like, you know, yeah, they, they, everything's already pre-planned and they just kind of have to roll with it. And it's part of what it is to make a, a Marvel film or any film that's as big as what Marvel's become. But it's also why the MCU just flows so seamlessly. It's why everything feels the way it feels. So as I said, there is, there is this weird give and take, but it's made me personally like ask myself if I ever got to a level of ever, let's say, you know, Disney asking if I ever wanted to do a Marvel film. I don't know. And like, I think about like Edgar Wright turning down Ant-Man. Like I see why he did, because this is probably think, the stuff. You know? I don't think he turned it down. I think he got fired from it or like he, he probably quit it. Cause I think he had the job. He that's what I'm sorry. Yeah. He okay. did quit it. Yeah. So he, yeah, he accepted it. And then, and then, and then. Cause they were quit. like saying no to a lot of his ideas. Cause mm -hmm. they already had probably all this pre-planned stuff. Exactly. Exactly. Which is also maybe why, um, the original directors for the Han Solo movie had, a, had backed out of creative differences and then they just got Ron Howard. So, cause it was supposed to be the guys that did uh, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. And, Bill Lord uh, and Chris Miller. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, yeah. I forgot their names. So, um, I'm not saying that this software or this exactly thing is like the reason for it, but again, there is like a real reason why it all looks the same. And technically speaking, like previs is a big part of that. So it is cool technology. And like, I'm, as I'm looking at the video playing, it's like, it's really cool to see, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's like where a, the I feel like it'd be going. a good tool for like a, like you or me, who's like, like we're like do it yourself filmmakers at this point or like indie filmmakers. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like we can storyboard our stuff and have it ready to go. Right. Like if we have a script ready to go, we could be like, all right, here's kind of what we want it to look like. And you said with like the lenses and lighting, you can do it yourself. So when you go to a DP, we like, Hey, this is kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah. But like if you like like you said, if we got hired by like Disney for like a Marvel or Star Wars thing and they're like, all right, you're directing this, but but don't worry, we got everything taken care of. Just tell the actors how to say their lines. Yep. It'd be like, mm, no. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard because again, because I mean, you get that paycheck. You get the huge paycheck. You get that, you get that stimmy. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> that stimmy. That Kevin Feige stimmy. Right. So I'm actually, there's a really cool shot here in this video. It shows all the films, all the Marvel movies in which they use this previs. There's only out of the uh, whole, um, the infinity saga of the films of the MCU, only four of them did not use previs. And that's the first Iron Man, uh, the Hulk film with Edward Norton, Captain America, Winter Soldier, and actually uh, Black Panther did not use previs. Oh, oddly enough, uh, all the other movies did Iron Man Two, all the Thors, Captain America one and three Ant-Man event, all the Avengers films, um, Spider-Man, they all used it. Dr. Strange guardians. So mm. yeah, interesting stuff. Crazy. Right? You know what else is crazy that, uh, I don't know why they're picking this guy to be like the new director of like phase four. And we'll talk about phase four, but John Watts, who's done the Spider-Man movies. Okay. He he's doing all three of them, right? Okay. And they're giving him the Fantastic Four movie. Oh, really? So he's like the new Russo brothers. 
of like phase four. I don't know why they're like he's the one we should give Fantastic Four to. And I mean, maybe he's easy to work with. Probably. Again, if if he's... it's all previs and stuff, maybe he's just willing to do it, and that's fine. You know, I mean, good Get for him. Money. Yeah, you know, it's let's, it really. Let's like, well, let's wrap the show up a little bit. We'll talk about phase four. Sure, sure. The phase four trailer, and then uh, we'll cut a couple of the trailers. Uh, we can talk about Venom two. I think that's the big one. Yeah. And um, we'll talk a little bit about the Green Knight, but we sure, we'll, sure. let's wrap the show up pretty quick. Sure, sure. Um, what were your thoughts on the Phase Four announcement trailer? I thought the trailer was like a beautiful trailer. I actually like really enjoyed it. It's very entertaining, and it was cool to see some of the new stuff, the new projects they've got going. Um, uh, you know, but you know, it's funny, man. I was talking about um this the, this new show that I watched on Amazon Prime called Invincible. Have you seen it? I've seen parts of it. I haven't finished it. I'm like okay. on episode four or five, I think. Okay, it's a good show. Before I watched it, though, I said to myself, "Eh, it's another superhero thing. I'm not going to watch it." I'm so superheroed out right now. Like I'm mm-hmm. so burnt from superhero stuff. It's not that I hate it. I mean, I, and I'll I will watch them, but like I don't have the hype feeling anymore. That's not to say, again, I won't go and see them because I will, but I'm not as excited. The most excited thing I got, I think I texted you, was Fantastic Four because I think it's something cool that hopefully something cool that we'll get to see a little bit different and uh, kind of be fun uh, to add them in. I think for me, it's Doctor Strange 2 simply because Sam Raimi's doing it. Yeah, that is. I am anticipating that one too. Um, But I I don't know. I feel like I'm a little bit more hyped for it just because we haven't had like marvel in a year so it's like we're getting all of it right. now um right. but the other thing too i, I kind of get the hesitant because it's like thanos is gone but like we don't know what it's what are they building up to now sort right. of thing right and right. there's rumors it's like galactus who's mm-hmm. like bigger than thanos but right right i mean it, it's again kind of like where do we go from here sort yeah. of thing well i mean galactus was part uh i think heavily influenced with the Fantastic Four comments, he's, comics, he's, like a, he's the big villain for them. Yeah, so they could do Galactus, which could be cool. They could introduce the Silver Surfer, which would be awesome. Um, so, I mean, it's cool stuff. The Eternals looks great too. Like, I think Shang Chi looks great. Yes, that looks pretty cool too. I, I mean, I'm not saying there aren't going to be some good movies. I think it's just the whole genre is kind of burning me out at the moment because you said we have we've had a whole year without Marvel. You're right, but we also had WandaVision. We had Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Those were all this so, year. Like they were the comeback. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Did nothing come out? Yeah, you're right. Nothing came out. Black Widow was supposed, supposed to come out. Supposed to. That's right. They, yeah. Where a lot of stuff was supposed to come out last year, they pushed yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So, um, but anyway, yeah. But it looks great. Like I, I enjoyed the trailer. It was fun. I liked. I I got like goosebumps, like uh, goosebumps from Stan Lee narrating. That was it. cool. That was. I was a like, really that's a nice, nice touch. Thing. Yes, yes, that was that was great. Um, but then let's talk about the biggest Marvel project, <laughs> Venom Two. Since Spider Man, since Sam Raimi Spider Man Two, let there be Spider Man Three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I just, mean, um, it I just was, looks bad. <laughs> I knew it was going to be bad from the moment the trailer started and Venom's like cooking breakfast. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, it's just not. It's not it's the not one the thing Venom they did. I know. The one thing they did fix, though, is Woody Harrelson's hair. Oh, yeah, you're from right. That, they from did. that bad wig. Yeah, yeah. But here's my issue with the, the trailer is like, obviously, Carnage is the villain and gets revealed. Right. I watched it on my big TV. As soon as Carnage got revealed, I'm like, it's the same CGI for Venom, just red. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well, that's like- the thing. That's the thing. Like, 
I don't understand. We do these superhero movies and the villains are always the exact same, just opposites. Well, Venom like, 1 is the same thing. It's just and that's what I was going to say. Venom. That's what I was going to say. And then everyone's freaking out because they inter- like they showed that one character reading the Daily Bugle uh, newspaper. That's like the Sam Raimi Daily like, Bugle. And, yeah, something like that. But no, but like they were freaking out because that character or that actor is supposed to play one of the other symbiotes called like Toxic. I'm like, oh, cool. So another Venom. Like, what are we doing, guys? <laughs> it's like, I thought it was on. Donnie Wahlberg. No, it was actually the guy. It looks like him. It's actually the guy who was in uh, The Irishman. He played the one guy who had the he was oh, trying Stephen to Graham something. Yeah, he's he had, like um, the shorts, the shorts. Yes, yes, yes. Don't wear fucking shorts to a meeting. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That's right. Fucking Al Pacino um, is so good in that movie. Yeah, he's yeah, he is good. No, I thought it was Donnie Wahlberg and I was going to be like, oh, my God, they got Donnie Wahlberg to be another <laughs> fucking detective in his long filmography of detective roles. That's funny. No, yeah, I, I see what you mean, though. But uh, no, no. But him. the thing about Carnage but, is I love like the idea of him. Like he is yeah. Venom, but like way more violent because he's a yeah. serial killer. But it's like the first movie, the villain was a Venom. Now you're doing another Venom and Venom right. is the villain. Have another Eminem song with Venom. Right, right. Then that, well, that's the thing. So like the reason why I can't stand, I, I, the reason why I didn't like the first one, the reason why this one's not going to be good, I, I think, is because you cannot have a Venom without Spider-Man. It doesn't no, make sense. And the thing, Venom is not a hero per se. And he's... He's more he's um, he's got more levels to him than that as a character. So I just don't I don't get it. Like, I don't see what their vision is. They want to go for this Venom verse or whatever the hell they're trying to do. The symbiote verse. Yeah. Yeah. That's I just like it's like Sony is so pissed that they lost Spider-Man the way they wanted it to be that they're like, we're going to do our own thing with all the other Spider-Man characters that you can't touch. It's like, guys, that's not but that's not. How about you go all in with Marvel? You'll make your money and everyone's happy. No, no. Because <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's not, not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> I saw Venom on the Sony lot. I know how they think. <laughs> I know how those marketers think. It's so I, crazy. I straight up walked past them. I said their movie was garbage. I remember. I think you told me that. Yeah. They tried to right. get, they were like, here's some Venom merch. And I was like, no, I think I threw it all away. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. They so gave me a I cool, don't know. It was like a cool water bottle. It said Venom. And I'm like, oh, cool. And then on the side, it was like, see the movie this date. And I was like, really? Yeah. No. No. <laughs> I don't know. I just, yeah, the trailer was, uh, was bad. I mean, I didn't expect it to be good, but oh, it was insane. a little, it was a little cringe at the same time. Though. I was like, Ugh, like this just. I'm just surprised because it's going to be PG-13. And I just remember like when the first one came out, they were boasting. They're like, we're going to give you that R-rated Venom you always wanted. Yeah. And Tom Hardy's coming back for it. I thought he was mad about the first one. Oh yeah, that I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, I thought I don't he was know mad, what, but I, he yeah. Well, again, pay you know money paycheck. talks. So yeah, I feel like that's why he's doing it. He's such a good actor too. He could play a really good like. He could play, you know he was supposed to be Captain Boomerang in oh, the really? Suicide Squad, and he turned it down for the Revenant role. A better better move. A hundred percent, I agree. Yeah, but he then he took the Venom Revenant. anyway. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, and he does a weird accent in the Venom movie. I'm Eddie Brock. <laughs> yeah. It's like how he sounds. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Is that his voice when 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 Venom speaks too? Yeah. It's like it is him. It's like warped and like modulated right. and like there's probably like a um like a doubler or whatever. Like right. Like a double effect on it or something. Okay. Okay. 
They put like Toby Maguire's voice. Imagine <laughs> Toby Maguire's. <laughs> How about Topher Grace's <gasps> voice? <laughs> it's just uh, Eric Foreman from that 70s show. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, man, I don't know. They need to put Spider-Man in. Did you see the shot real quick too where um, Carnage uh, or Woody Harrelson's character talked about like the heroes never coming and then he slams his hand on the desk and he kills that spider? I was like, is that a reference? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have a feeling they're going to eventually bring him in. But I just, it's just not working in my opinion, the way it's that not. they're doing it. Yeah. Cause I feel like at this point they're like sprinkling in stuff so that if it does happen, they're like, oh, we planned this all along. Right. And if it doesn't exactly. work, they're just like, eh. yeah. it's, it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick. I don't know if you can talk much about it, but we'll wrap up the show with, um, cause I haven't watched the green Knight trailer. I said I would, yeah. I didn't, but okay. you told me you've already seen the movie. <laughs> I have seen the movie. Yeah. So uh, I actually saw the trailer today too, the one that you were talking about like, that they just released. Um, so I got an advanced screening to see the Green Knight back in 2019. And this was like before a lot of the CGI was done, but they still had references and they had like, um, they still had most of the stuff done that they needed to get done. I don't really know if I'm able to say much about it because technically like, you know, film hasn't been out this, that, and the other. Um, but I will say this. If I'll say anything, I saw the tra the trailer today. It's getting released, I think, July 30th or 31st or something it's like a that. summer release. Yeah. And it's coming out in theaters, to my knowledge. What I saw in this trailer, it is very similar. Like a lot of I think most of the shots are the same. But the tone of the trailer, if, if this movie is at all edited or re-edited to fit the tone that they put in the trailer... I'm hoping that's the case because what I saw was not what I felt in this trailer. So believe it um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things where like, like it, you know, there's some really good actors in, um, in the green Knight and really cool visuals. I have to, I, I will, I will a good say filmmaker behind it. Yeah. And a 24 is a really cool, you know, they got a lot of cool movies out there that really make they, you think a 24 though is also known to dump some stuff out though. A hundred percent. They'll like They've... promote their big stuff. And then they'll be like, Oh yeah. We also did this movie called slice with chance, the rapper. Right. And right, like no one right. has seen it. <laughs> yeah. This movie, uh, I know the Green Knight did. It was getting a lot of uh, hype because I remember a lot of people talking about it. And I just so happened to get an advanced screening opportunity for it to see it. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I mean, um, it was it was something. And I I I I don't want to say much for two reasons because I don't even know if I can. But also, it was an advanced screening, so they could, could have change. changed it, and it could be really good. It, I'll tell you this it has potential to be really good and very fresh on like the whole medieval setting right. or backdrop, you know? So well, that's the whole point of the advanced screenings is they get the feedback right? to be like, all right, what needs, and that's where like a lot of reshoots come from is like what worked in the screening and what didn't and right. what can we fix before the movie's right. out? Like movies, right. like I think I saw the, well, I saw the Revenant like months in advance, but then I saw, I think I saw another movie like a week before it was released. So it's like, it's pretty much done. So yeah, I've seen a few of them where like they do like just early screenings, like early access. But uh, the two movies I got to actually be a part of like um, the like reviewing for like super advanced was The Green Knight and then Bohemian Rhapsody was yeah. pretty cool. So um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm going to see it again um, and we'll see how it goes. Nice. Well, hopefully we'll look out for your review on your show. To see if it yeah. changes. Yeah. 
Um, but I think we're going to wrap up the show. Thanks for filling in last second for this, of course. for this show. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. Uh, promote your show. I mean, everybody fucking knows yeah. where, where you're at. You've been on the show so many times. <laughs> well, let's just leave it at that. Everybody fucking knows. Everybody no. fucking knows. You should know by now. <laughs> no. So, uh, yeah, here's my take is my, is my podcast. Um, I'm on anywhere, pretty much anywhere you get your podcast and uh, Instagram and Facebook for like updates and fun little posts and stuff. I posted on my Instagram yesterday, last night, the change my mind. Me, I reshared of, it. Of, uh, yeah. Starship Troopers. So yeah, I'm, I, I try to stay as active as I can on that, but yeah, I do film reviews and discussions and then have guests on every once in a while too. I'm actually soon going to be getting a, a screenwriter uh, from Germany. Oh, on my nice. show as, as a guest. So we'll talk about some like screenwriting and uh, just working in the industry. I'm really excited to actually talk about working in the industry and, and see like how she started and where she's at with it now and stuff. So uh, that'll be really fun. That'll come out probably in the next two weeks. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can go up to um, Chicago soon. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll, it's, we'll talk about it off camera. With, sure. Sure. With everything. Um, yeah. I just know like, I got fully vaccinated, so I'm good to go with traveling and cool. Um, but should I announce you're going to be on back in June, but should I announce what it's going to be? Let's just leave it at that. So people are just freaking out right now. All right. Well, you will be back on this show in June. It's going to be a big, a big crossover. Huge crossover. Just look you out thought for Jimmy it. Neutron and Timmy Turner was a crossover. The Jimmy Timmy June. power hour. <laughs> yeah. Wait till June. You thought you thought a uh, Endgame was the culmination of a a buildup? Nah, no, nah, you don't even know this podcast verse is going to be this huge. podcast verse. <laughs> oh, that's the episode we should do with like you, me, my celluloid heart, movie chatter. That oh, dude, that would actually be that'd be a huge podcast. How, who? But who releases that though? I guess whoever puts it together. I feel like movie chatter. I feel like we would all just go, <laughs> just go to movie chatter. Just go, hey Dave, <laughs> we're <Yes>. here. <laughs> We like bring our own. With a, well, because you said they have like a table, right? They have a table, yeah. But, but like we, we gotta bring, we mics. gotta bring a new one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta bring well, another just, one. Yeah, yeah. And we'll all bring our own mics. That's Dave. Hilarious. Dave walks in one day to do a, a show. We're all just sitting there waiting. Like, yeah. Hello, Dave. <laughs> Hello, Dave. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but it'll be fun having you back on. Be on the lookout yeah. for that. Um, and then, like I said, Haley will be back on in June. Um, that's when I rescheduled her. But we will be back next week. Uh, I'm bringing back the Onyx team from a few months ago. I had a couple of them on, but we're bringing them back. They got a short film coming out called Noxious. And then they're also crowdfunding a feature film that they're nice. working on. Very cool. So I'm going to bring a, a, I think I'm bringing on like six of their team members. Oh, wow. For the episode. That's awesome. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you doing a Zoom thing with them? Yeah, it's going to be over Zoom. Okay, cool. So we managed to, I got to send them the link, but yeah, we're going to, all, it's going to be like seven people on this show, including me. That's a lot of people. <laughs> uh, originally, I think we were like trying to get the whole Onyx team on, but that's like 50 people. And I'm like, yeah, at that point, I'm not even the host anymore. I'm just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm a moderator. At this point, you're just like action. <laughs> and then everybody I'm just goes. like, all right, you guys can talk. I'll just, yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll start the show and then I'll, I'll close it out. Exactly. <clears throat> that's cool though. That'll be fun. I'm excited for it. And then yeah. I'm, I can't wait to talk to them about their, their new film, Noxious. Mm, That's okay. the one they've been promoting for months too. Okay. Okay. Um, cool. But yeah, catch us on Instagram and Facebook, way more active on Instagram. Obviously you're listening to the show, so you know where to find it, uh, but definitely subscribe to the show, leave it a review. 
Uh, and then until next time, I'm your host, Tim Martin. This has been Lighting Up the Marquee.